He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. Welcome in, everybody, to the 73rd hole. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams with you as always. Masters week in November. It's a major championship, and that means that joining us for today's preview of the Masters at Augusta National in November, Jim Woodward. Woody, what's going on? Glad to have you again. Ah, uh, Yeah, I'm glad to talk to you guys, I, I guess, because I'd rather talk to you in April, but November will do. It, it, it's okay. It's Hey, at least we're playing the doggone tournament. We didn't do a British Open and just cancel the whole year. So that's good. That's good. Yeah, better this than uh, than nothing. I know it's a little bit different for you. We were talking off the air. You're uh, going to be in some duck blinds this weekend, so you're going to have to split your time between <laughs> y- you know going out and doing some duck hunting and watching golf, which isn't usually the case come Masters time. And no, I, I, you know, we were giggling about that. And I, I said, normally I'm excited because it's April. Hey, you know, people are taking golf lessons. It's getting into golf season. I'm getting my clubs out. I've already taken a couple of trips with some of my members. Uh, I'm really fired up. And I'm sitting out here today, and, and I, I'll admit it, I've got a big old stogie, and I've got my decoys out, and I'm trying to figure out well, how they got such a tangled mess from last year. And I, I'm thinking about duck hunting, but I, I, I'm going to focus on the Masters for you boys today. Well, we appreciate you getting getting uh, getting into the major mindset, uh, Woody. Because kind of like us, when we were talking about it on our last show, it just um, just feels so it feels almost out of place. And you know, luckily we are going to get another Masters in April, but at least we're getting this one in November. And um, you know, one thing I wanted to ask you, Woody, is you know, back whenever you were on the tour playing, um, kind of seemed like you know the schedule was almost kind of it was always in place. Obviously, you didn't um, there wasn't any like COVID season that you guys had. And I remember like yeah. Jack Nicholas would always say it at the start of the year he would always go back to the fundamentals and kind of switch around and kind of get everything and so you know what what do you think it's like for these guys playing a major event in November that is that's so different than what they're used to because the latest that we'd ever see a major would be in at, at the start of August right and 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 you know what what's kind of weird about that is like you say I, I always remember once I once I kind of got done playing I, I could still qualify for the the senior PGA championship, which was in May. And it, it always seemed like I didn't have any time to get ready for it. There really wasn't any golf tournaments to play in. Then all of a sudden it was upon you. That's kind of like the masters. They, they, they kind of run up to it. And, and, you know, now that they've moved the tour championship back into March, which really gives them something to kind of gear towards, they have a lot of opportunities to get their games in shape. What's crazy about this year is we've already rolled into really 2021 as we speak, even though this is going to be the 2020 Masters. You know it, and I know it. We've already we've already teamed up, and we're going again. Uh, so we're rolling into 221 in five months, or a little less than five months. They're going to play the Masters again. Uh, so uh, I was tickled that now that the election was over, uh, lo and behold, somebody says we've got a vaccine. So, uh, you know, I don't want to talk politics, but that's bull. All of a sudden, we got this vaccine, and and now because uh, of Joe Biden, we're all going to be healed. Uh, but, you know, I don't care who takes claim for it. Let's just get it over with and move on. It's been kind of a bunch of bull the whole year, in my opinion. Uh, so I'm ready to get this Masters in the books, see who's going to win it, 
and then let's start January off and on a 2021. Let's just forget 2020. I, I could. I don't think we could agree with you anymore on that track, Woody. And, and you know, to get you on the, you know, not too far down the COVID rabbit hole, but what are your opinions on, you know, someone like Sergio and Joaquin Neiman, these guys that have had to withdraw from the tournament because of COVID cases? And, um, you know, a lot of people, like we kind of speculated on our show last week, was that, um, you know, Houston was the first event that had fans back um, to watch. And um, Neiman wasn't playing in that tournament, but Sergio did play. And that may have been a reason for him getting the COVID withdrawing. So kind of just give us your overall thoughts on that. You know, these players having to miss a major championship because of an unfortunate virus that they've got. Well, Sergio's a real tragedy. You know, he hadn't missed a major since uh, his first major he played in was Karnuski in 1999. Uh, We first saw him at that PGA at Medina where he almost beat Tiger. He has played every major since Karnuski in 1999 till this, and now he doesn't get to play because of some bogus COVID, well, that's the biggest tragedy I've ever heard of in my life. I, if I was Sergio Garcia, I'd be so mad because uh, you know he he's not playing bad. That that that's that's what irritates me is that we take this so-called uh, pandemic that that I still like. I say it might be worse than the flu, but I you know I don't believe it. So. Now you're telling guys their livelihood because he's got to sit out for this thing. It, uh, that, don't even get me started. I get so irritated with this deal. It's just ridiculous. So, Sergio, I'd be hot. Joaquin, he's going to have a lot of masters in his future. But still, to miss that golf tournament, and, and you know what? I, probably both of them are going to feel pretty good, and they're sitting at home. So, uh you know, like I said, it's 2020. There's there's a lot of things that haven't been right. So I feel for those guys. I hate it for them. But, you know, the rules are the rules, and they got to abide by them. Yeah, it really is unfortunate. I'm curious, Woody, one thing I wanted to get into you with is the big distance conversation that we're having, especially after what Bryson did at Wingfoot, where he actually hit a higher percentage of the fairways than the field average, and he was flipping wedges in and runs away with a six-shot victory. And I'm, I'm just curious as to how you feel about what Bryson is doing and the fact that he's continuing to experiment with longer drivers, uh, things of this nature. He's going to be using one. I, I listened to his press conference earlier. He said most of the time he'll be carrying one that's just over about 47 and a half inches, so just under the 48-inch max regulation on the tour. How do you feel about what he's doing, his quest for distance, and how that translates to Augusta National? Well, hey, I got to be honest with both of you guys. I didn't think he could do what he did at Wingfoot. I thought that kind of I didn't think so either, Woody. I thought it would neutralize him. So, uh, you can't beat Bryson up because he's playing by the rules. He's, he, he's just the first guy that thought, you know what, if I can hit it 400 yards, I can make my life a lot easier. And until somebody stops him, you can't, you can't get on Bryson's back and say, you sorry sucker, you know. He's playing by the rules just like you and I play by the rules of golf. There's a book that tells us how we're supposed to play them, the rules. So uh, is he – is he going to set a precedent? Well, let me just say this. If he keeps dominating in majors and keeps doing the things he's doing, we will, we will see a generation, just like we saw a generation after Tiger, of people that worked out. I mean, 
we had a fitness van starting when I was on tour in the early 90s, but none of us knew what to do with it. Okay, <laughs> It was there when we were hurt. It was like hieroglyphics. Yeah, we had a, a therapist in there. If we were our back was hurting or something was tweaked, we could go in there and they could give us some rub downs and stuff like that. But we didn't know anything about it. We weren't physically fit the way Tiger brought this generation of golfers out. So with any sport, you guys know it as well as I do, is with any sport, somebody's always on that cutting edge and somebody's pushing the envelope. And as long as they're doing it by the rules, and I have no reason to believe that Bryson DeChambeau is juiced with any kind of steroids or anything else. I think he's just smarter than the average guy. Well, he's a lot smarter than the average guy. And he has just figured out, hey, I can do this. And in, and until, for some reason, his body blows up or it doesn't work, he's going to keep doing it. And, and there's not a darn thing you can do about it. And there's nothing you can do to say, are these, should these have an asterisk fine because he's hitting the ball so far? No. <laughs> That's I, I, just I, the way it is. Exactly. I, you're, you, we're all on the same page here, Woody, us three in particular. And uh, one thing I want to ask you, we've talked about it quite a bit on our podcast. Did you hear uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick's comments about Bryson? It was, it was probably about two weeks ago now whenever he came out. Did you hear, did you hear those comments that he made? I, I just caught bits and pieces of it. Uh, I really didn't pay a lot of attention Kobe, to it. Kobe, you, may, you it, may have the exact clip in front of me. Um, I'll, I'll kind of paraphrase, essentially. He basically was saying that – Fitzpatrick was saying that if he wanted to, he could bulk up the size that Bryson did and gain 50 yards, but he was saying that there's no skill involved in that, and he thinks that golf needs to be uh, more related to hitting fairways as opposed to hitting it long. And essentially what he what he was doing was he was downplaying everything that Bryson had done up to this point and basically said that he could do it himself if he wanted to. He actually said, I believe in the quote, well, Let Kobe, me read the exact quote. I'll just read you the exact quote. quote is just a few sentences. Fitzpatrick said, quote, okay. It's not a skill to hit the ball a long way, in my opinion. I could put on 40 pounds. I could go and see a biomechanist, and I could gain 40 yards. That's actually a fact. I could put another two inches on my driver. I could gain that. But the skill, in my opinion, is to hit the ball straight. That's the skill. He's just taking the skill out of it, in my opinion. I'm sure lots will disagree. It's just daft, which, of course, is a, a British word for, uh, you know, annoying, whatever the case may be. But, yeah, yeah essentially yeah. saying he could go do it, and uh, the, the skill is in hitting the ball straight. I think he would be fascinated to know that Bryson hit more fairways than the field average at Wingfoot. So, yeah, kind of like what Tyler was saying. <laughs> just curious how you feel about those comments. Well, guys, I – like any sport, I think that's a little bit of sour grapes. Uh, is uh, I, I first off, don't think he could put on forty pounds the way Bryson did it. I don't think he had the discipline to go to the gym and to drink sixteen milkshakes a day, protein shakes. I mean, it's easy to say that. It's easy to say I want to go play the PGA Tour, but you might not want to work hard enough to get there. Okay, the bottom line is <laughs> he's holding a U.S. trophy. U.S. Open Trophy, Matthew Fitzpatrick, whatever his first name is, is not, okay? So if he then puts on a green jacket to go with his U.S. Open Trophy, maybe he ought to think about bulking up and, and going that way. I, I don't believe DeChambeau can win every golf tournament. You guys, we've played enough golf. We know nobody wins every week. They can't. There's too many factors that go into it. There's, there's, there's a lot of luck in golf. I mean, you know, people would argue that with me all day long, but I will tell you what, I've had my share of good bounces and I've had my share of bad bounces. So in 72 holes of golf, 
I don't think that's going to make just a humongous difference. Now, I'll be just like you guys. I can't wait to watch what he does at Augusta. I mean, in a way, it's kind of fun to me. He's doing something we've never seen. So where is he going to hit it on 10? I mean, can can he hit that driver over those trees on the left and cut off that whole big dogleg where he doesn't have to draw it down there? Or, or can he draw that hitting at 400 yards? Uh, you know, the par fives he's going to just annihilate. You know, 15, he's going to have a sandwich like Tiger did in 1999. He's gonna he's gonna annihilate thirteen because I think he can go over those trees on the left. Bubba did it a couple of years ago, so um, he's gonna have his moments. Can he drive number three green? Uh, possibly. It, it, I think it's very doable for him. So if it comes right down to it, he's gonna be the most interesting one to watch. I think, guys, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I would think so. And it, it's interesting what you said about Fitzpatrick and his body and willingness to go to the gym and stuff. Because I was listening to Justin Thomas's uh, press conference earlier today, and Justin Thomas was asked about Bryson and if he's considered, you know, going and putting on 40 pounds or something like that. And Justin Thomas said, you know, I could probably put on 10 and it would be good weight. But what, what JT said is he's like, you know, I'm not tall enough. I don't have broad enough shoulders. He said, I don't have the frame to do what Bryson has done. He said, I already swing go. I already swing really hard. My body's not yep. built to do what Bryson is doing. I have to do other yep. things better and go out and win golf tournaments. And, and I think that that is the right attitude as opposed to being upset that somebody else is hitting further. I think what Justin Thomas is saying is, look, I have to do the things that I can do well, exceptionally mm-hmm. well, so that if this guy who's hitting it past me has a week where he putts well, I still have a chance to contend with him. And I think that's what all of us do in any sport. Uh, there's there's always athletes that are better, uh, whether it's NBA, Major League Baseball. There's there's certain athletes that are just uh, God given that they they are better at certain things. But golf is a sport that it's just like Justin Thomas was saying. Maybe he putts better. Uh, maybe he hits his wedges closer than what he's been doing. It. Uh, there's a million different ways to build a mousetrap to be able to be competitive. And I think it's going to be entertaining to watch what Bryson can do. Will he dominate? Well, if he does, we're going to have to really sit back and go, wait a minute, this is uh, this is starting to, to look a little bit scary in a way that this guy can take these major venues and turn them into pitch and putt. Uh, it's not something we've ever seen, and it's not something we're used to. But I think those guys, they're called professionals for a reason. They'll figure it out. They'll they will figure a way to beat him. But if he's on, he's putting well, when he's hitting a wedge and I'm hitting a seven iron, that's an advantage. And if he can use that advantage, then you got to give him credit for it. I think you have to give him credit, and and you have to the people like Fitzpatrick, like you said, they're they're eating the sour grapes and they're upset that they're finishing thirtieth uh, place when Bryson's out winning by multiple strokes. And you know, yeah. to go into your point about how Bryson's going to play Augusta, um, was it Monday or Sunday or this weekend, Colby, when Sandy Lyle played with DeChambeau in practice round? Um, yeah, it might have been late last week, even whenever he he sent out kind of the, the clubs that he was hitting into some of these holes. Yeah, so essentially, Sandy Lyle was letting everyone know kind of how Bryson was playing some of these holes. So just to go over it 
what he sent out was number one, Bryson hit a sand wedge into the green. Number two, had an eight iron in. Um, number three, uh, flew the green with a three wood is what it says here. And and also too, this, we we don't know what the um, what the wind was like that day. Um, so no, but, but no. You'll, but you'll catch a trend here that everything is pretty short. Um, uh, number eight, the par five, he hit a seven iron into it. Um, number nine, sand wedge. Number ten, pitching wedge. Number eleven, the wow. long par uh, long par four hit nine iron. Um, hit a seven wow. had a seven iron into the green on 13 um and he had three wood off the tee box um 15 wow. 15 like you said had nine iron in and uh, 17 had a sandwich in so um i believe he's going to be able to hit the fairways it's um it's going to be it's going to be very interesting and it's going to be almost like you mentioned earlier woody almost tiger 97-esque of he's just going to be hitting from different spots that other people aren't and you know you'll see it on on tv sometimes where the ball is rolling down and you're like oh you know miss miss the crater of, of divots because that's the area where everyone hits it and i don't think Bryson right. have to worry about that too much. Uh, no, no. The golf course looked like it was in really good shape, and I don't think Bryson's going to have to worry about that one bit. Uh, I do not. I'm, I'm just kind of like you. Um, you know, pardon me, I got my mind twisted here. There's a group of ducks laying in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> but blow them out of the park. I can't shoot them yet. It's illegal. So, uh, but here's the other thing we got to remember. You know, all of his irons are six iron lengths. So he probably hits an eight iron so much further than we do uh, already. And then he's got a six iron length eight iron. You know what I'm saying? So that makes it even longer. Uh, so uh, when you're giving me those clubs, it is impressive. I'm not going to tell you that is not impressive. But I also know that he might hit his eight iron 190 yards. He, or, uh, hell, I don't know how far he hits it, to be honest with you. So, um it tells you, though, if he's driving the ball in play, he's going to be pretty tough to beat, isn't he? Yeah, Woody, uh, Jim Woodward, by the way, joining us here on the 73rd hole as we preview a November Masters. And Woody, Tiger has been the defending champion at Augusta National for almost 19 months now. He's been the defending champion at Augusta. And in that time, we have uh, not seen the absolute best golf from Tiger. He did have the win at the Zozo in Japan last fall, but not much since then in the way of success for Tiger Woods on the golf course. And, And he's kind of being looked at as an afterthought coming into this week, whenever we talk about contenders and guys who can actually win the tournament, do you think it's a a mistake to count him out? Or do you think with the way he's playing coming in that last year was a great story, but that was a very long time ago and he he probably doesn't have a real chance to win the tournament this week? Oh, I think that to count a Tiger Woods out is really silly. Yeah, I don't think you should ever count him out. Although this COVID has not been good for him as far as chasing that 18 mate. Uh, he needed, he doesn't have the years to give up. You know what I mean? He's getting older. And so uh, it would be the story of all stories if he could pull off a win here. Um, he has a way, just like you know and I know, he has a way of, of, of finding a way to do it at Augusta. He, he very seldom plays bad at Augusta. Okay, so having said that, okay, is he my favorite? No, no. Uh, is he anybody's favorite? Probably, because uh, just some people believe he can just pull a rabbit out of his hat whenever he wants. I wish he'd played better this year, guys, and I'd have I'd be a lot more optimistic of what he could or could not do. But I, I don't look for him to be able to to play with the Brysons and the Dustin Johnsons and the Brooks Kepkos and there's just too many guys. 
there's too many of them. There's too many of them playing a lot better than he is. Yeah, and, and and really, last year, Woody, you look at it, people will think that, you know, Tiger just had a good putting week or whatever. You know, Tiger was one of the worst that made the cut last last year at the Masters, um, and he actually ended up winning the tournament. That goes to show that he was by far the best iron player last year in the 2019 Masters. And just from what we've seen so far this year that the uh, U.S. Open and the Zozo PJ Championship, his iron game is just nowhere close to where it was back at the in April 2019. So I, I personally think that that's going to be the thing that is going to hold him back along with this putting which really hasn't been the same over these last uh, couple a couple years now unfortunately um but you know go, yeah. to go along with tiger probably the you know we've kind of covered the two biggest storylines here bryson and tiger probably the next one i would say woody would probably be a phil mickelson win you know 50 year old um i believe he's two for two when he goes on the champions tour i think he's won by both those events by a combined 10 shots or 11 strokes something like that um right, but it seems right. like when he comes out and plays on the pga tour he's, he's nowhere to be found the only place you can find him is the bottom of the leaderboard um so yeah. you know what what yeah. do you make what do you make of Phil's chances this week. Um, obviously, a guy who, if he goes out there and plays on, on the senior tree, he looks really good. And Augusta is a course that very much like Tigers played very, very, very well over the years. But the other form just really hadn't been there. What, what do you make of Phil's chances? Well, you, when you look at Phil on the Champions Tour, it's like Bryson on this tour. I mean, he hits it so much further than most of those Champions Tour guys do. I mean, he just bombed it past all those guys. So he's he's kind of um, he's kind of like a man in a boy's world out there. And most guys, when they're fifty, that's when they do their most damage on that Champions Tour. Bernhard Langer is a real exception. We both know that. I mean, he's just a he's just a fluke at how how well he's played well into his sixties. Uh, so. I, I look at Phil as saying, okay, he gets his confidence level up when he goes and beats up on those 50-year-olds, and then he comes back out and he looks around and he goes, man, boy, these guys are really good. And I think he presses, and I think he tries so hard to be that Phil Mickelson that we all remember, and he's not that guy. And so, whereas you say Tiger, uh, should we look out for Tiger? I'd look out for Tiger more than I would Phil. Uh, even though Phil's won there, uh, I, I don't see him as being a, a factor. I'm sorry. I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I don't think so either. He just has not been playing good enough golf here lately. I'm curious what you think about some of the local guys who played their collegiate golf around here and their chances. Got a few of them in this week. Uh, from Oklahoma State, we've got Charles Howell III, Ricky Fowler, and Matthew Wolf, And then OU's got Abraham Answer in the field. So do you think any of those guys who played their uh, collegiate golf here in state has a chance to contend this week? Well, I, you know, I would love to think that Ricky will find his game. Uh, but the guy you, you really, I mean, the guy that I've got to believe in is Matthew Wolf, simply because how well he played at the Open, how well he played at the PGA. Uh, I, you know, you you got to, I'm not a rocket scientist, but you got to go off of what they've done in the majors. And so if you look at those three guys uh, and, and you think about it, well, Wolf's the guy you got to look for. I mean, no doubt, Wolf's the guy that's is going to be the one that's going to say, "Hey, I, I feel really good going into this." Now he hasn't been playing the best golf here of late, but golfers are funny cats, man. You, they can look like they hadn't made a cut in ten weeks, and then they win the golf tournament. So, uh, you know, go figure that. Uh, you know, it's 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 going to be interesting to watch. Answer would be fun. He would be fun to see compete and, and get in there. Uh, I don't think he's played enough at the Augusta to do it. Uh, Matthew hadn't played a lot there, but he's got a little more length. Um, Ricky's just been in a doldrum. He is there. He's had the 220 blues. 
Fox is what he does. He just hasn't been playing good at all. No, no, he hasn't. And, and out of all those names, Woody, and, and of all those people that I would want to see a win a major, I, I I don't know if there's a higher person on the list that I would want to see win a major than Chucky Three Sticks, a guy who's been out there for yeah. 20-something years. Just No one yeah. ever really looks at him because he doesn't win a whole lot of tournaments, but, I mean, he's, no. one, he's one of the richest players to ever play on the PGA Tour, one of the, one of the most yep. underrated careers of anyone of all time. And I think I, – I, I don't think I'm picking him to win a tournament by any stretch of the imagination, but just mention him in the – would be fun. guys that would be i think that would be, be the fun. ultimate storyline around here because he's not only is he just a great player but he's also a great guy and i mean just uh yeah. just someone who you talk about someone who you know we talked about sergio when he won a few years ago just kind of deserves a major championship i think i think very underrated i think charles Hal deserves at least more credit than he's gotten to his to his career up to this oh. point Oh, I totally agree with you. And, and, and you know, we, we base so much on winning, and we base so much on majors. But let me just say this. Anybody that can play that level of golf for as long as you have and been that competitive for as long as he has, you, you've got to take your hat off to him. You've got to just say, wow. I mean, just like Sergio playing in every major from 1999, um, that, that, you just don't see that, especially in golf. Uh, we've got some flashes in the pan that have streaks, but that's that's twenty plus years of of really just been just been a contender all the time. Uh, did, could Hal have won a lot more than he has? Sure, he could have. He he's had so many close calls, and that's what I mean—a little bit of luck. Uh, but you know, it's like you say, I've never met. A better or more of a gentleman than Charles Howell. He still will come out to Oak Tree periodically, and when he does, he almost doesn't want to. Uh, uh, you know, he's so good, so so such a class act. He almost wants to just stay under the radar. He he doesn't come in strutting and telling everybody I'm Charles Howell. You know, and and he's just that kind of guy that you want you want desperately to win. Whether the golf gods are willing to throw that out. <laughs> I don't know. I I would love it too, Taylor and, and Colby. You, I'm sure you're on my page with it too. It would be a story upon stories because he's from that area. So, uh, yeah, the, I I would love to see a story like that, guys. More than I would see David Bryson win again. I, I I just I'm a I'm an old soul. I love that kind of stuff. That you pull some guy from nowhere and he wins it's the biggest tournament of his life. That would be cool. I'd yeah. love it. Yeah, that would be really, really cool to see uh, Charles Halpel something like that off. And I, I want to ask you about one more guy, and then we'll get into your picks before the Masters this week. The guy I want to ask you about, he was included in your top three at the U.S. Open, guy by the name of Jordan Spieth. He's been struggling right. a little bit to find some form, but he loves him some Augusta National. He uh, obviously he won the Masters he going does. away in... What was that? Fifteen, and then the following year, twenty fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Twenty sixteen was when we had the Danny Willett yeah. beat him with the infamous well, yeah. beat himself. Essentially, yes. Yeah. Well, Danny yeah. Willett shot sixty seven on Sunday. He let's did. let's, he let's did. give him a little credit. It was, it was a good Sunday yeah. round, but Spieth, you know, everybody kind of thought as he was t- making the turn in twenty sixteen. Oh my gosh, this is going to be the new guy dominating Augusta. So, right. I mean, Spieth coming in this week, no form, but he loves the place. How do you evaluate his chances? Well, I, I said that in the open. Everybody kind of giggled at me. At some point, he's going to find it again. And I think he'll find it in a major before he finds it somewhere else. And you can bet that if there's a major that he can probably contend at, it would be that one. Is he going to be in my top three this time? I'm probably not going to go out on that limb. You'll have to pardon me. An AWACS is flying right over the top of me. 
<laughs> I'm I'm doing this out in the field, boys, as you can tell. I'm out in the middle of nowhere. Oh, it's uh, You're but, doing a hell of a job for being out there, I promise you. <laughs> it's uh it, it's again what I love Steve to get his, his game back. Yeah, he's good for golf. He's good for golf. And and I'm hoping that during this time that that, that Jordan has kind of humbled a little bit and he's had to learn that I, I you know, the golf is it's not always that fair to everybody. Just like Tiger's a lot more humble now than he was back in the day. So uh, there's a guy, whether he can win, I don't think he can win this week, but I'd sure like to see him in the top ten and, and start to get some confidence back. That would be fun, too. Yeah, you, you got to think it'd be sooner rather than later because if he keeps going the same direction, he's uh, it, it's going to be an uphill battle for Spieth um, to get back to where to where he wants to be for sure. And um, you know, Woody, before we yeah. get out of here, before you get back to your uh, your duck prowess that you got going on right now, um, I've got my checkbook ready. Colby's got the betting site pulled up. We're, we got lots of money riding on these picks. So who get, give us give us kind of what you've done the last couple of shows? A dark horse, a contender, and a and a winner. Well. You know that the 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 dark horse is it's got to be somebody that 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 we we look at is probably not a, a, having a chance. So I'm gonna go my dark dark horse is Tiger. Believe it or not, he's my dark horse this week because I think he might find some special juju uh, this week. I'm hoping. Okay, the 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 guy that I like just coming into that besides Bryson. Uh, He's either Dustin Johnson or Kepka. Uh So I'm going to go with Dustin on this, even though I, I, I really like Kepka. And until they prove to me the other way, I've got to tell you, I'm really scared that Bryson's going to win this golf tournament. Okay? I shouldn't say it that way because I'm not really scared, but I think he's going to win this too. I really do. For some reason, I think he's going to just come in like a balls of fire because we haven't seen him. You know, see, he didn't play Houston. Uh, I can't even remember the last tournament that Bryson played in. U.S. Um, Open. He hadn't uh, played since then. Uh, he played Shriners. He played Shriners. That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, he finished T8 at Shriners in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. And he was going like gangbusters in Vegas, too, and then something happened to him. So, I mean, if, I, if I've if i got those three, I'm going I'm to go with Bryson, and I'm going to say Dustin, and then my dark horse is going to be Tiger. That, 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 that's a pretty that's pretty damn good three there, Woody. And uh, you know, also going back to your DJ and Kepka, you know, obviously Kepka had missed a lot of time with his injury. He showed a minus seven last uh, on Sunday at Houston to get him into a top five finish, and then obviously DJ finished tied two with Hideki, and we fit um, friend of the show Taylor Gucci in there with a the solo fourth. So right. you're looking at a couple guys there who are not not only known for their major prowess, but also playing some pretty good golf too. Yeah, and I, and I think we have to look at it because they're talking about rain all th- all four days, uh, mostly in the afternoon. Well, if the golf course is soft, you guys know we got to go with a bomber. You you got to go with some guy that can get it out there a long ways. Uh, and then I say that, and somebody who probably hits it one of the shortest will win the golf tournament. But um, that's why I would never gamble on golf because if I did, I'd I'd have to be selling everything I own. <laughs> well, how about this, Woody? We'll all gamble on you giving those ducks hell this weekend uh, and have fun hunting and enjoy the Masters. I will do that, boys. I'll hunt in the morning and watch golf in the afternoon. I don't know if it gets any better than that. I, I might watch the Masters every November. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> well, we went into a parallel universe in 2020, but the parallel universe you're in sounds pretty good right now. Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm not complaining about my life. God has blessed me in more ways than I can possibly imagine. Woody, we appreciate it. You and me both. We appreciate it as always. We'll catch up next time.
All right, big boys. You guys have a fun weekend. I'll be thinking of you. That's Jim Woodward joining us here on the 73rd hole, as he does prior to each major championship, giving us his picks. He gave you Morikawa at the PGA. It was a swing and a miss at the U.S. Open. It was for a lot of us. We thought Wingfoot would neutralize Bryson, but there's his picks. He's got Bryson this week. He likes what he's doing. DJ as well up there as a contender, and maybe Tiger sneaking in there with all of his experience. So we appreciate Woody joining us as always. We're going to take a break, come back, give you a full Masters preview. We've got the Tiger presser to break down John Rahm skipping one in on the 16th for an ace to get his week started on a Tuesday and then uh, much much more DraftKings best bets the works it is Masters week we're giving you the full preview come back with us here on the 73rd hole when something the size of a golf ball hits your roof you need to call McRae Roofing McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist for years Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. Welcome back. Rolling along here on the 73rd hole. Always appreciate Woody joining us. Enjoy getting his insight from a guy who was out on the tour for quite some time and had some success while he was out there. So enjoy getting Woody on with us and uh, getting his predictions and his thoughts for this November Masters. So we heard from Woody in the first segment. And then, Taylor, you and I, during the uh, little commercial break there, went ahead and watched Tiger's press conference today down at Augusta National. Obviously the defending champion, but not coming in on nearly the form that he was coming in last year in 2019 whenever he captured his 15th major victory and what was at the time his 81st PGA Tour victory. Of course, he got number 82 in uh, Japan at the Zozo last fall. So Tiger sounds, I mean, I mean, he sounds good. He said that his body actually feels better than it did last year uh, coming into Augusta. Now, I, I still don't know that that translates to great golf just because we haven't seen great golf from him since the Zozo. He's played eight events since then. He's only got last one. year's Zozo. Since last year's Zozo. Yes, not three weeks ago Zozo where he finished T72. Um, last year's Zozo uh, where, he, of course, he won his 82nd PGA Tour title. But, I mean, in, in eight events in 2020, only one top 30. So he sounds good, looks good, says he feels good. Uh, I still just don't know that things are going to set up well for him. And, and another factor we have to consider, if they're having to stop and start play, over and over again due to the weather. I think that's even another thing that goes against Tiger with what he deals with trying to get his body ready to go. I think that's an excellent point. I, and, you know, we listened to the presser here, and and it's kind of like we talked about on Monday, Colbert, at least what I brought up, and he's talking about how, and JT brought it up too, you know, around the greens, how, how the ball's settling around there and the different types of shots that these guys are going to have to play. Tiger men, men just mentioned specifically what we just listened to, that there's going to be a lot less spinny shots because the ball's not sitting up and you can't get the ball underneath the club. And so I think that is going to make... Kind of, kind of, and you also made this point on Monday as well, Kobe. It might predominantly um, impact the better ball strikers because they're not having to worry about it so much. But I also think that it will help. 
to my point, the people that have played the course more often because they have probably played, you know, someone who's played this tournament over five times has probably seen not these exact same conditions because it's November as opposed to April, but you've seen someone at least fairly comparable, at least compared to someone who's played this tournament, you know, maybe once or twice comparatively. Or what about the guys who just walked on property for the first time in their lives on Monday, Colin Morikawa, Matthew Wolf, some of these younger guys. Yep. You know, Morikawa was even asked about that. I was listening to – it wasn't his media room interview. He was interviewed uh, out on property. And he was asked, you know, if he thinks that that might actually be an advantage that he hasn't seen it in other conditions. He's never seen it with, with fans. So this isn't different to him. It's new, but it's not different. I, on the other hand – don't think that that's an advantage. I, I don't think that lack of experience is ever an advantage here. Even Justin Thomas earlier was saying the last three years he's been fortunate enough to play a practice round with Tiger and with Freddie. He said that Freddie will pretty much answer any question that he has. He said that Tiger pretty much tells him nothing the week of the Masters. But he said Rightfully what he, so. But he said what he does is whenever they're playing their practice rounds, he said he just kind of follows them around, um, kind of like a puppy. That He didn't say that. I'll add that part in. He said basically it's like chipping stations where Tiger and Freddie go and they chip somewhere and JT does something else and then as soon as they leave there JT goes to where they just were and he chips from there so even if Tiger's not going to tell him anything he's like hey I'm going to go chip from all the spots you're chipping from because apparently I need to know how to play this shot and just that knowledge and doing that year over year I think is invaluable well I think I mean you can uh, practice rounds you can learn so much right? I mean, think talk about practice rounds um, before I get into the JT stuff how about Rom's hole out uh, oh my on, gosh on the, on the punch the, I, I've only seen that happen one other time i remember vj did it probably 10 to 15 years ago now um but i and i don't i don't know if what if it was the same pin or not but it was pretty close to the sunday pin down and down in the swell on the left yeah, hand side a little of further left and it was actually it's probably closer to where tiger chipped from in 05 than it was where the actual it, pin it was location really is. far left you make it was a good point. way over and there left for anyone who who is listening not aware during the practice rounds at uh, at augusta on the 16th hole the part three guys will put the ball on kind of the down slope and they'll try to skip it across the water and get the ball to go up on the green well John Rom in his practice round yesterday did that and didn't didn't hit like a like a skimmer shot and it hit the flag and crashed in. This thing fell in the hole dead weight. Yeah, I mean this was rolled it up on the ridge, rolled all the way around and down. I think it actually might have even been this morning. Yeah, yeah what, so it. what what it, it skipped what probably five times on the water. Yeah, Six? four or five times probably yeah. hit the little upslope right on the other side, ran Killed up the it. middle of the green and just. Kept rolling, rolling, rolling. I mean, it, it enters on the front right of the green, and the pin was way miles left. So it probably rolled for 120 feet on the green before it went in the hole, and it went in like a putt. It was awesome. I'm, I'm assuming that this was a shot from the uh, the tee box because I figured we would have seen another video of someone doing it because there was a ball up there about two or three feet from the hole. Yes. So I'm assuming that someone else didn't, you know, like if they were having a closest to the pin on the skip contest and you hit it to two feet and then you get beat, that probably would be kind of a buzzkill. That would be a major bus kill. Yeah. So I, I don't think that's what happened, but that would have been pretty interesting if you hit a skip shot to two feet and all of a sudden you get beat. I, you know, that would be fairly inter- But so going back, I'm going to sum back to the JT stuff. And, you know, for any uh, juniors out there listening or anyone out there, you know, if you know someone, even, even if they're not better than you at golf, if they do an aspect of golf that is better than you, you can always learn something from or them. Or if they know the property much better than you do. Of course. I mean, like, even if... Um, like you're playing with an 18 handicap and you go to a course at a state or something like that where they're a member at and you can ask them information. You know, um, they may not do anything better than you at golf, but they at least know the property, know where to hit it. They can tell you where pins are and all that. And so 
I think that that is extremely crucial, and that goes even kind of more into the um, the Bryson debate that we talk about, where Bryson he realized that for himself he could bulk up and get bigger, and that was how he gained his advantage. Well, JT, like you mentioned earlier, he just doesn't have the body to build up like that. So, what is he doing? He's using his mental intellect to. Basically, the course is essentially just a, a strategy map, and he's knowing where are the best best places to attack from and where not to attack from. And you have to know in your instances, well, you can't, you're not going to hit a perfect shot every time. So if you have to miss in a certain spot, where do you miss at? Um, what are the certain greens and certain pin locations that you'll hear on, on TV all the time, Colby, where, oh, everyone has missed this putt low today. Everyone's missed this putt low. And all of a sudden, what do you do? What, what happens? They miss it low. And, you know, what are those those types of putts and those pins out there where they break a little more or less than you think? Um, you'll have some certain pins that are um, that'll run away from you as more and more uphill that and all that. And I think really the biggest thing, Colby, is that, you know, I looked back on it last night because there's been a lot of the picture going around of when Tiger was on the green on 12 and uh, Frankie and uh, Fina were, were behind the water dropping. Uh, social distancing, baby. So, social distancing before it was a thing. And um, when I were doing that, I went, I was looking at it, and if you look at it at the behind the tee box from basically where the patrons are on 12, look at where the pin is on the right. You have to aim so far left of that pin to hit it where Tiger did. Like, when you look at it, you feel like you're aiming closer to the, the bridge than you are the actual pin. And these are things that these guys that don't play this course a lot, you, you have to learn things like that out there. You have to not attack the pin on 12. You have well, to- and Tiger and his presser said that last year in a practice round, he was standing on the tee on 12 in a practice round. He was standing there with eight iron. The wind flipped, so he grabbed a wedge. And then the wind kind of shifted again, so he went back and got nine and hit nine. And, you know, we've played it always on the video game. <laughs> oh, my God. And on the video game, the little wind dial on that hole just rotates. And you have to time it up, and you kind of have to guess the wind wind just right and that's why it's so key to play that hole safe because guys who are in condition in contention on Sunday who make the decision to go right at that flag more times than not that's it that situation goes bad real quick look at Spieth in 2016 maybe he pushed it a little bit I don't know but he should have been hitting it 60 feet left of that flag where Tiger hit it and trying to two putt I just you just can't cut don't bite off more than you can chew on 12. That's not where you're going to win the golf tournament, but you can damn sure lose it there. Oh, there's no doubt. And there's two things I want to make a point about 12. One is that people talk a lot about how lefties have an advantage at Augusta because they're able to hit fades around the corners as opposed to draws like righties do. Well, lefties have a big advantage on 12. I've, I mentioned, I think I mentioned this before, but the green, what people don't realize, Tiger talked about in his presser too, the green is so much more diagonal than people think that it not, is. Not only the green, but also... Obviously, the false front in front of the, the green, the water, yep, which the wa- retreats into the water, runs pretty significantly diagonally from front left to back right, back toward thirteen T. Exactly. So it's the the water will run parallel with the green. So they're running essentially side by side, but it's more. A lot of people think when you look at it, it's just side by side, but it actually runs like you said, Colby, back to thirteen T box. And for right handers, if you miss it. If, if normally when you hit a push, it goes shorter, which means it goes in the water. For righties, they pull it, so it goes further. So they're less likely to hit it in the water on lefties, 12. Lefties Le- pull lefties, it. Lefties, I'm sorry. Yes, you, right. cor- yes, you are correct. Yes. So if Bubba so, pulls it, and he's going at the right fringe, maybe it's got an extra five yards on it because he pulls it, and he still carries and gets to the left fringe. Mm-hmm. Whereas if Spieth pushes it, and it's headed toward the right fringe. He's now lost distance on that line. It lands on the false front, rolls in the water, and then he chunks another one in the water and loses the tournament. Well, exactly. And that and that is that was my second point there, Colby, is that 
that third shot, once you drop, that's one of the hardest shots. It is disgusting. Oh, my God. You're hitting off of a slight down slope to a, a, a tuck pin. To, to a false front that you just hit it in. How, how far back would you go? Would you try to hit it from 50 or 60, or would you go back and try to hit it from 100? Uh, I, I, on how- I, I think a lot of that would have to do with, with the wind. Well, let me ask you this. This year with the grass, you know, that's very, that's very down good a little bit more, not getting just the most crisp contact and the best spin you can possibly get. We heard Tiger talk about that in his presser. I heard JT talk about it earlier with chipping. Sometimes the ball's sitting down a little bit more, mixing in with kind of the combination of what's left of the Bermuda and the perennial ride that's come in. And the fact that it's coming out, popping up a little bit more on them and releasing with some top spin, that might make that 60-yard shot a whole lot more difficult than it would be in April. So maybe this year it would be even more of an advantage to go back to 100 yards and make a full swing at it with a 60. Yeah, I think from that perspective obviously you'd have i haven't seen the actual overall landscape down there from the drop area because i mean there's so as you know Kobe, there's such a big difference between if the ball's just a little below your feet let's say oh the ball uh, the, uh, the ball's a little above your feet like like you know you're playing a little bit of t-ball and i mean those are all things that they take into consideration because with augusta being um with it being a yellow line essentially all they can do is take it back on the line that the ball went into and take it back dead straight so what that's going to do is that's going to put him more in to, like you see where Spieth hit it from in 2016, he's more to the right, almost in 13th fairway in a sense. He's coming yeah. more on that. Because the ball eight. rolled back into the water, kind of right in front of the flag, which is way over on the right side of that green. Exactly. And so I think on a shot like that, I think the wind is a big proponent there, but I think the biggest thing is, is you know, these guys can spin it from almost anywhere. I think you just had to find the flattest ground possible because yeah. if you're, I mean, I, and I think I think you're right too. If there are different areas where the grass is different, I think that's a very very important thing to consider. Don't find yourself the best patch of that ryegrass you can find and drop exactly. your golf ball on it. Correct, a hundred percent. And I mean, at the end of the day, if if you are put in that situation, I mean, you have to, and that is going to be one of the most crucial things of this term. People, even if you do make a mistake. If you're able to get up and down on 12 after hitting the water, that's such a big momentum boost for you. I mean, because you just went from being super deflated to to essentially making a bogey, which a lot of people do, even if you hit the green. People three-putt that green all the damn time. So, I mean, you could... I mean, you're going to lose, um, you know, um, some um, 0.5 or whatever it is strokes to the field, but you're not going to be losing near as many if you make a double. So it can almost be like a little mini win if that happens. And then if you get after 12 with a little mini win, then you get into the next two or your three holes or par fives, might be able to make some damage. So just, just because these guys playing, if they do hit it in the water, if they are able to get it up and down from there, I think it could be a huge momentum boost and potentially propel someone who was going to lose a tournament back into winning it. All right, before we do our picks, top of your head, putting you on the spot. I've got mine. Give me your top three holes at Augusta National. Just top. you personally, top three favorite holes. 12, 13. Oh, boy, that is tough. Um, We've got the same said, top two, by the way. My favorite hole is 12. My second favorite hole is 13. My third favorite hole is 16. Because one thing that plays a lot into it, Kobe, is where the pin is. It plays so much into it. Because I love si- yeah. I love 16 with with the Sunday pin. I do not like 16 with any other pin. You don't like it with the Friday pin back right on top of the shelf? I, I, I think it's very interesting, but... I love that pin because I think it's so difficult for them to get the ball to stay up there. So, it, many, so few guys actually hit it on that tier, and I think it's a huge reward to the ones that do. And, and that, that's why, that may be why I don't like it as much, because 
when you have the funnel per se, like you do on Sunday, you have a lot more shots that are getting you some action, you know, and you're able to make right. make your birdies. You know, you're going to see more birdies. Then you're going to have your guys who don't get it in the swell. Like I believe Cantley did it last year, where he didn't get it in the swell, pushed it right, and he made a bogey on that hole. Yeah. So several guys didn't. I don't think Kepka got it in the swell either. Yeah. So you know, you'll have your guys who, and even if they make a par, or don't. But you're having a lot more birdies, and whenever you have that that back right pin, I think it's a nice, exhilarating shot and a really tough shot, like you said, Colby. I just, I, there's not going to be very many birdies, and a lot of guys are going to play safe, middle of the green, hit it. It's just going to roll down the slope, and then they're just going to do your traditional two putt, two putt par. So I would say a lot of it depends on pin location. If I'm going just off of overall hole and schematic design, let's see, it wouldn't be any of the two par threes on the front. No, 11, neither. maybe? I like 11, I think. It's a good hole. I, I think they need to do a few th- different things because because one thing too is that we're including all of Amen Corner into our top three holes, which I, I don't right. think I don't think is right because yeah. and one thing too is eleven used to be a little different hole than it is now. I think it would be better if it kind of went back to the way it used I mean, to there's be. There's so many good holes. I I love two. I think two is a great hole. I think three is a great hole. Three to me is one of the best risk reward short par fours in golf because you drive it up there and you, I mean, you can get it on and have a great chance, but if you get yourself in one of those weird situations where you've got a 35 yard shot and you've got to hit it 35 feet uphill and you, you, you don't have a lot of options as to what you can do there. Uh, and then if you lay up, you still have to be so precise with your wedge because if you get the distance wrong with your wedge and miss the green, now you're hitting that tricky chip on your third. I think three is a great hole. Three is a great hole. I, I think I found my answer. I talked myself into it. I think it's number eight. Number eight. Uh, good hole. It, it is because it goes along the same lines of like the, the 16 uh, pin on Sunday where that you, you can make your birdie, you can make your bogey. And... On, on eight, if you hit it in the bunker on the tee shot, you're laying up. You're probably not going to make birdie. If you hit it left, you got the trees in your way. You're not going to be able to make – you're, you're going to have to get up and down to make birdie. Well, you have to get up and down from 120 to make birdie. Exactly. Yeah. And if you're able to miss that bunker, be like Bryson and some of these longer guys, you can just carry the hell out of the bunker and hit it up there. It's still no guarantee that you're going to hit it close because you got the big mounds up there. You got the trees overhanging on the left. And I think there's there's a lot of – it's not necessarily as huge a risk-reward as some of the other holes, Coley, but I just like the volatility of the score that can happen. Yeah, and if you remember Tiger last year on that hole, he knew with that back pin location he was better off to be back by that scoreboard than he was to be short of those mounds because back by that scoreboard where he ended up chipping from, he was able to get it up and down because you're kind of coming back up the hill there. And he even said, you know, that he thought five wood was probably too much club, but he's like, that's okay. I'm good back there. And that's the experience we talk about at Augusta National. You know, he didn't try to pull the perfect club and trickle it over that ridge down to three feet for eagle. He knew he was kind of in between there and he needed to be long. So he hit it long. He got up and down, made his birdie and moved on. And this this is a guy who was two or three strokes back at the time of Frankie and or Eduardo's brother, as we like to call him. And and he's not playing for Eagle on the par five. He's playing for the safe birdie. And right. this is this is a guy, I mean, that shows patience. You know, you only have 11 holes left in the tournament. Yeah. And, and he's not trying to force it. I think that goes to show not just the experience, but the maturity of playing that course and playing in the major championship. Because, you know, as well as I do, Colby, the lack of experience doesn't just make you do um, physical errors with swings, but it makes you do mental errors. You choose the wrong club, choose the wrong line. Um, 
don't um, you don't analyze the wind properly the way that you should. Maybe you're so nervous you don't look at how, how much of a downhill slope you're on. There's a lot of factors that the nerves can have into, especially for these first-timers as opposed to people that have been there before, which is why I lean towards guys who have a little bit more experience at the track. Yeah, and one thing, you know, you mentioned that uh, you're more likely to make a bad decision down the stretch, not just a bad golf swing, and then that makes you angry, right? I know for me it does anyway. I get much more upset with myself on the golf course if I know that I made a bad decision, I pulled a wrong club, I, I tried to hit a shot or didn't commit to a shot that I should have committed. If I just, you know, commit to everything, pick the right club, and make a bad swing, that to me is not as upsetting as doing something stupid and having the stupid decision cost me a stroke or two. So then you get in contention, all of a sudden you make a bad decision, now you're upset, you're frustrated, and it just can kind of snowball on you. Exactly, and you do, it's just like anything, when you get, you have the trial stages, so if if you're making a swing change, like Tiger's mentioned to me every time, you got to go through it, so you play first round of a tournament, then you go to the final round of the tournament, then you're on the back nine of the tournament, then you're in a playoff to win the tournament, and your swing and mental can break down at each different stage if you're not prepared for it, and, and it accelerates at even higher levels, and I think the Masters is the uh, the the top of the mountain per se when it comes to this element and you know Colby um, before we get on to our picks one thing they asked Tiger about this and I want to get your opinion how much and and more Kyle mentioned it too and you thought it may be favorite for um for some of the new timers and you kind of disagreed how much of an impact will no patrons this year pl- have on the tournament it's a good question I, I was asking you if you'd seen the uh, camera shot of the 15th green without the big grandstand to the left that's one of the biggest grandstands on the course and it as you're looking down 15, it blocks off your view of 16T. And I saw the camera shot of that hole earlier, and that grandstand's not there, and, and the grandstands on 16 aren't there, and, and there's no ropes on the golf course anywhere. And it looks, I mean, it looks way different coming down the 15. Even, I, I saw a shot from behind 12 tee box, looking down at 11 green and 12, and it's just a bunch of grass and a couple of green. And it, it just looks so weird and so different. And I think that whichever guys are able to, you know, mentally get themselves right for the fact that there are not going to be fans there, there are not going to be ropes, that the holes are going to look different, everything's going to look more wide open. Kepka, even in his press earlier, was talking about, you know, you look out off number one tee, and normally off number one tee, you can't see anything. You're kind of encapsulated right there. And now you look out off number one tee, and you can see the whole golf course. It's just, it's all right there. So um, that, I think, will be different. And then the split tee deal, you know, Justin Thomas was asked in his press conference uh, about starting on 10, and he's like, man, it's going to be weird because usually you, you step up on number 10, and you've had nine holes to get yourself into the rhythm. So then you got to step up, and you got to hit a snap hook off that tee box. He's like, it's going to be weird walking onto the golf course to start the Masters, and the first shot that you have to hit is a snap hook around the corner. It, it's just, it's going to be weird. It's going to be different. Well, you know, and and I, for some reason, Kobe, I've always been a proponent of this. I mean, a golf course with design holds one through eighteen for a reason, and I, I mean, obviously with huge field sizes, I mean, you you have to do it all the time. You have to do split tees, but I've never liked the concept myself. I, I, I truly think that everyone should start on the first hole and go from there, and that's why, I like, like for example, we used to do it all the time, Colby, in high school, especially college, do shotgun starts. Boy, you want to talk about freaking stupid? Piss me off. I mean, I hate shotgun it's starts. So it's so ridiculous. It's from mentally. Yeah, mentally, I don't like shotgun starts. You have no idea where you're going to start until you just get there. You can't. Like you say, and so you look at it from from Thomas's perspective, and obviously, like I said, this the, you do this at every other tournament, but 
you go from starting on one, which is one of the tougher holes on the course, but yet at the same time, it's essentially you're just hitting a straight ball. And then you go into two and three, which you would assume are potential birdie holes. You get a pl- you need to play those holes at least one under, you would think. Those three holes? Or, or no, just two and three, you mean? For holes two and three, you have to play those at least one under. Absolutely. Have to. Have Absolutely. to. And now you go in a position where your first three holes are 10, 11, and 12. Survive. Like, that's all you're supposed to do. Survive and, then, you, and then try to make birdies. So you go from, of your, of your first three holes, if you start on the front, you have to birdie at least two or three, and, and without bogeying. You shouldn't bogey. I mean, if you bogey one, so be it. Get through those holes at even. It's, it's not the end of the world. Just but, don't make a nine on one like Ernie. Yeah, yeah. You want, you want to have less than eight putts or how many ever he had. Um, but whenever you start, you're starting on 10. That's not a birdie hole. 11 is the furthest thing from a birdie hole. And we just went into 12 in depth. So then, then you get to 13. And you'll see some guys birdie 12 when it's front left. It's not like that's an impossible hole. And it is easier when it's front left. That's still a hard hole, man. And you're you, not going to see a lot of birdies. You there. don't. It, it's not like two and three. You don't step up on twelve and say, and "Oh, it, birdie hole." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Even, even though you have a nine iron or a wedge, you're not sitting there saying, "Oh, I got to get out of here with the birdie." You know, but no, it, it's you're, just you're, one of you're those thinking, holes. "Please land on dry, flat land." Exactly. So it's such a different mindset for those guys, and I, I think that goes true to to every other course, Colby. I think that I, I've always had split tees, shotguns, all that stuff. So I, I think that I think that will play a part into it, and that may even that could potentially be a hindrance to my philosophy of the guys that have played it a lot and gotten experience to it. Because if you've done something for so long, and then you have to switch it up, some of these guys starting on ten. They might not get adjusted to it so well. Um, I, I think that's just a small con as opposed to all the pros that are there right. from having the experience. But I do think that is one thing that you may see a couple of these guys with experience have problems with. All right, Taylor, it's time. It's time for us to give the people some winning picks. Let's start at the bottom of our DraftKings lineups. We'll go cheapest to most expensive. We'll go snake draft here, and I will get us underway with my cheapest golfer. Um, I, I was looking earlier, the last, the last five years at the Masters, Three of the five Masters champions at the end of the week have led the field in strokes gained approach. The other two Masters champions in the last five years have finished inside the top three in that statistic. It's a second shot golf course. You've got to be able to put the ball in the right places on these greens. I've got a ball striker as my cheapest. It better not be the same person. Mine's Corey Connors, the Canadian. Are you serious? No! Are you kidding me? Look at it, bro. It's right there. Yeah, get off. 6,600, we go Corey Connors, both is the cheapest. Both. Both the cheapest. Get off my Canadian, dude. So, last week, just for anyone not aware, he had a 73 on on Saturday last week at the uh, Houston Open, but still finished 24th, so was able to get 69, 67, 68 the other three rounds. Finished 8th at the Zozo the week before, and then um, before that, uh, 61st, but then had a 17th at the Sanderson Farm. So, like you said, Colby, a ball strike have been playing pretty well. Made the cut last year, finished 45th, so only played one other time, so this doesn't fit the mold of an experienced guy. But we are dealing with DraftKings in a ninety-person field, and so you gotta you you can't have you can't have you can't have all your picks be perfect picks. You know what I'm saying? So this is you talk about sixty-six hundred, and so Corey Connors. I feel sorry for you, my friend, but you're probably gonna miss the cut. Well, and also Corey Connors last week at Houston for the week was in the top ten in strokes gained tee to green. He, he, he is he's, known, he's like that almost every week. It he, seems like he is he a is, ball striker. He's so good. And, and, you know, it's like we saw at San Antonio when he Monday qualified. 
The dude's an unbelievable ball striker. If he ever putts, he contends. And yeah. so it's just kind of a crapshoot, but uh, I'll take my chances at a golf course where you need to be able to strike the ball. So, Snake no. Draft, give me your next cheapest. Next it better cheap- not be mine. Next cheapest, I went with a couple of different guys. He's uh, He'll be America's favorite golfer. Everyone here across the pond loves him. Uh, give me Ian Poulter at even 7000 7, Oh, all right. Going with going with some experience. I believe, Veteran. I believe I looked earlier, and I, can't, I think I counted 11 or 12 um, Masters appearances only one missed cut, I believe. And um, over the last couple weeks, finished 12th at, the, at Shadow Creek, 5th at the BMW Wentworth, one of my favorite courses, and finished 6th uh, at the Scottish Open, another big tournament. I actually like that pick quite a bit. So I, I think I think Poulter, with everything that we mentioned, and you talk about a guy who, he, he's not necessarily the best ball striker, but I think he fits the mold of the guy who is going to be able to get around the greens better than some of these other ones from the experience and from just from his style of play. Yeah, so uh, all right, my next couple of cheapest here, I went much more expensive with my second cheapest. I talked about guys needing to hit the greens in regulation and I think that's especially important this week because uh, you know chipping will be a little bit more difficult with some of the blended grasses and stuff off the greens over the last decade the top three players greens in regulation at Augusta National Justin Thomas is one Justin Rose is two Tiger Woods is three Justin Rose is phenomenal value at 7700 a I, guy who plays this course really well give me Justin Rose as my second I was, cheapest I was really shocked to see that he was that cheap but I mean like we, we just go back and look at the form of Colby he's played so well at Augusta last year I believe was his only cut missed at yes, Augusta yes and so well, it was the Putting yips really got him last yeah. year. He missed, missed like it. a two and a half footer on Friday to miss the cut. I know on the last two. I remember because I had him picked in I, probably the one and done effect. I did too. Everything, in, in everything. So, I did too. so I, I was really shocked when I saw him that cheap. And sometimes it's one of those things, Kobe, where like we talk about, sometimes you see the odds and you say, oh man, those are really good odds. I can't believe that. I need to bet it. And sometimes you look at it and say, man, those odds are really low. What, what do they know that we don't, you know? And, I, I kind of got also, that vibe with Rose because it yeah. just seemed way too cheap. One thing I like about him, too, is that I don't feel like anybody's talking about him coming in. Not one bit. I feel like he's totally under the radar. Guy plays well here. I just, I think uh, I think he'll have a, a decent chance this week. So, Snake Draft, my third cheapest option. This was a guy that I talked about yesterday whenever we were kind of just getting into it a little bit. It's a guy I really like at Augusta National. Louis Oosthuizen. Give me, give me the goat farmer. Give me the goat farmer at seventy nine hundred. I, I had Louis picked at one point. Um, I, I I mixed my lineup up a little bit. So so to answer that, I, I really like your Louis pick. And go, going back to Rose here, real fast. Before his missed cut last year, twenty nineteen, going back, he went twelfth, uh, lost in the playoff to Sergio. A lot of people forget that. Tenth, um, finished second to Spieth in twenty fifteen. Fourteenth, twenty fifth, eighth, eleventh, twentieth, and thirty sixth back in two thousand eight. So we're looking at a guy who plays Augusta very very well. So but we're combating we're combating really good and then but we go back on the form um let me see here one two three five of his last nine tournaments he's missed the cut so i mean we're, we're a hit or miss guy we're looking for a horses for courses and um and your your other pick um louie like like i mentioned earlier i really like that I but, had but his last two tournaments he he did get four rounds in of course those were the cutless events at Shadow Creek and Sherwood, but you didn't have to mention that semantics. You didn't have to mention that semantics. Yeah, yeah, just say four rounds and and so for your Louis going back last few Masters, um, finished second in 2012, lost in the playoff to Bubba. We all remember that, and then um, missed cut in 2013. Since 2014, 25th, 19th, 15th, 41st, 12th, 29th. So has has had was that one, two, three, six four, consecutive cuts, six mate. consecutive cuts, four of which are inside the top 25. So pre- pretty good. 
Yeah, pretty good. And so that so that was two. So now I got two. So let me see here. My and, and Louis, I, unlike Justin Rose, has been playing pretty decent golf lately. Has not missed yes. a cut since uh, what is that? June eighteenth at the Heritage, and he's played something like eleven events since. Finished third at the U.S. Open to uh, to Wolf and DeChambeau. So I mean, I've played played very well in the last major. And so now I will go with to my next cheapest Colby. And you know, I'm I'm sitting back in my lineup, and I realized that when I added it all up that. All of the all of the big names are you know obviously really expensive. The guys that you think would win your Brysons, your uh, Thomases, DJs, that kind of thing. And I just feel like so many of those guys have a chance to win that it's hard for me to pinpoint one of them. You know what I'm saying? So it's hard for me to want to devalue a lot of my lineup for a guy who is right there dead even with a lot of other really good players. So for me. My philosophy is I'm going to try to diversify with some not extremely high picks, but with some middle tier picks. So my third cheapest guy is at 8,800. Give me Tony Finau, where he be now. Tony Finau, where he be now. So aside from the two starts that he missed due to COVID, his last five events, uh, fifth at the BMW, 17th at the Tour Championship, eighth at the U.S. Open, 11th at the Zozo, 24th last week in Houston. He also has a fourth place finish uh, at the PGA Championship. So fourth and eight at the PGA and the USA Um not the USA, the US Open, uh, which, by the way, the reason I have so many Tony Finau stats pulled up is because I've got Tony Finau at 8,800 in my Gosh, darn it! Well, you know, you know to, to even add on to the pick, um, let me get the exact results here because I believe that he was, I know he was fifth last year. He, he's then, never finished outside the top 10 in the Masters in his career. In his career. He's only had two appearances. He's played so, twice. Played twice. But, you fifth know. Fifth and then 10th in 2018. You know what I think? Maybe Tony Finau's crown and glory when he ends up quitting his or ends up retiring from golf. The fact that he was the first person to handshake slash hug Tiger after he won 2019. He was. Because if anyone remembers, I thought it was really funny. He he opens up, and, and I don't know how if Finau and Tiger had a relationship much before that, but he Tiger gets Finau a hug, you know, kind of a little bro hug, that kind of thing, and then... Afterwards, Frankie comes up, Eduardo's brother, and Tiger just stern hand shake, looks him in the face, you know, just like that. I think he was still pissed that he lost a 2018 British Open. <laughs> he might have been. So I thought that was really funny. And so I think, in all honesty, I think that is one of the cooler things that someone can say. You know, one of the biggest comebacks in sports. You were the first one there to congratulate him. I mean, Fino was there before um, Lakafa was. Yeah, and Fino said that he learned a lot from that Sunday round last year where he shot 73, ran stint on number 12. Well, still very much in the tournament. One of the many players that did so. Yes, yes. One of uh, I, I, four in the last two. Two groups mm-hmm. ranced it on number 12, and he was one of them. And he said he learned a lot from that. So how many uh, offers have you given out? I've, I've, I've got, I got one more for our snake draft. And so my third cheapest is he is a whopping $100 more than my last pick of Finau, and that is a former Masters champion in Adam Scott. Okay. I'm going with Adam because I've seen – hasn't hasn't been up in the top of the leaderboard or anything like that here recently. But, but going back to 2010 – my man Adam Scott has not missed the cut at Augusta. We're going backwards 2019 on. We're looking at 18th, 32nd, 9th, 42nd, 38th, 14th. Had his win in 2013. Before that, an 8th, a 2nd, and an 18th. So, a guy who loves this course, a lot of experience, fits the mold right there. I'm, I'm going to roll with that. I'm looking, I'm looking at guys in this area who aren't like I said, there's, there's there's just too many guys in that top value range that, that could win the tournament. And it's just really hard for me to go with one when I can diversify my lineup with a lot of really good, experienced players. Well, and, and what you're doing with Adam Scott is kind of what I'm doing with Rose, taking a guy who's really good here but isn't really on form, does not have a top 20 finish worldwide since he won the Genesis in February. 
pre I mean, pre-COVID is the last time he finished top 20 worldwide. Now, he does have a couple in the mid-20s and 30s there. He's just kind of been middle he, he, of the pack. He has a lot of places between 25th and 45th. A, lo- a, yes. lot, a lot of them around he's, there. He's so. been making the cut and finishing right in the middle. Exactly. Pretty much every week. So, uh, all right. So, my next two, obviously, I gave you Tony Finau at 8,800. Love, love what he's been doing lately. And, uh, man, he's so talented. I, I just – I don't think he'll win because – it's hard for me to see his breakthrough coming at Augusta, but I do think that he will be in contention. Uh, and then my second cheapest golfer this week is a guy that I feel like you might be copying because I know we've talked about both enjoying him uh, and the way he's been playing coming in. I mean, he's got the form and he's got the course history. He, no! he, he loves it here. No! He won here in 2012. No! He won here in 2014. No! Kobe! He, he, he's left-handed. Kobe! <laughs> Give me Bubba Watson at 9,000. What are you doing? Did you look yeah, at? Give did, me above at nine thousand. Did you pull up my phone? You 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 grab my phone for we the show. We got lineups overlap this what week. What the this hell is a disaster. are you doing? This is a disaster. God, I feel so bad for Finau, um, Bubba, and and um, Corey, Corey Connors. Yeah, boy, they are. Um, they I mean, might Bubba as well. at nine k. Look at look at how he's playing. Look at how Bubba's playing right now. Let me. Uh, where's Bubba even at on my thing here? I can't even find Look it. Look under W. But here, I got it right here. So we're going back 4th, 7th, um, 31st U.S. Open. And then going back, we got 16th, 18th. Um, made the cut at the PGA, but finished down there. 25th at uh, FedEx St. Jude. That's going back into uh, July, Colby. And we're now in November. And that's a now, pretty I'm, long I'm stretch. i two recent solid. starts. The two recent starts at CJ and Zozo, 7th and 4th. And then obviously, whenever you go to previous results, one missed cut in his career at the Masters. And since he won in 2012, 50th, 50th, 1st, 38th, 37th. But then after the miscut in 2017, he's gone 5th and 12th the last two years at Augusta. And when a guy who likes the course this much is coming in on form, because one thing we know about Bubba is he is streaky. Bubba is streaky as hell, and and he's a horses for courses well, guy. Well, yeah, if Bubba doesn't like the course, he might as well not even tee it up. Yes, and, and Bubba, so he's streaky. There's A, so he's on form coming in, and he's horses for courses. This is probably his, if his favorite, if not one of his favorite, golf courses on the planet. I, I just have to love his chances to get himself another top five, top ten finish I, this week. I, I completely agree. I'm going with And he was... So it was your last two. You because, got Bubba and then... Nope. I mean, yep. So Bubba was one of my last two. Um, and just for a little bit of preview, I'm not picking Bubba in my one and done just because of what I saw last week from another player. But he was going to be my other one and done pick had not been for another guy. But my That's last... That's a disaster because that means we have overlap in our one and done picks. Oh, God. Well, it's the last term of the season. You got you to get your players out there. So last guy I'm going with, Colby, is... Guy who won won the last term he played in. Normally, I don't I don't roll with this, and normally it doesn't work out that Carlos way. Carlos Ortiz? No, I'm, uh, kidding. That, I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. If Carlos was in the field, which he should be, but nevertheless, that's a full, full another story. Give me Cantlay. Give me Cantlay. Ninety six hundred. Okay. I um I'm looking at him and I'm saying I mean you remember he was there last year Sunday sixty four. I mean he, he had, was charging. He was there. He um he had the solo lead on the back nine by himself at one point and um, let me did go. Didn't he roll in an eagle on fifteen last year? He did. Yeah, rolled in an eagle. And so another guy not missed the cut in twenty eighteen, finished ninth last year, kind of break it down. But going back on the recent form, I mean one there thirty eighth CJ Cup, eighth at the Shriners, uh, made the cut the U.S. Open, twelfth at the BMW. I just I liked what I saw from when I saw him at the Zozo, and it really just fit into into my uh, my lineup well price wise. And I, I just think that he's a guy who's going to be consistent and a guy who will be there on Sunday when I don't have to spend as much on someone like Bryson or a JT who I think will be there as well. But I would have had to devalue the rest of my lineup to do only so. one missed cut for Patrick Cantlay since May of 2019. <sighs> that well that that's about as long that's about as long as Tiger sold the green jacket so. 
That is, uh, yeah, not even as much time as Tiger's held the green jacket. That's wild. Just wild to think about. My most expensive? Why not? Dustin Johnson. Give me DJ. Guy like it. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I don't, out of, and we talked, kind of talked about this the other day. Out of, out of those top six or seven guys, who, who could you fade up there? I don't, I mean, you well, got I mean, like Bryson, you got to like JT, you got to like Rom. Shoffley shown great form. Um, we just well, mentioned let me throw DJ. out DJ's uh, last six starts worldwide. Obviously, he missed the Zozo and the CJ Cup because he tested positive for COVID. Here's his last six starts worldwide. PGA runner-up, won the Northern Trust, runner-up at the BMW, lost to Rom in the playoff, uh, won the Tour Championship, finished sixth at the US, U.S. Open, finished runner-up last week at Houston. Who's playing better golf right now than Dustin Johnson? Hard to find anyone. I mean, I and you know I've used him just about everywhere else, so I can't run him out in the one and done on the website. I can't run him out in our podcast one and done. I'm, I've used him in both of those places. I'm in one other pool. I've used him there. I'm like, hell, I, I better find room for him in my DraftKings lineup. So um, he has not won the Masters. He does have good results here. He finished runner-up. He was one of the guys that finished runner-up last year at the Masters, a 10th in He's on the TV talking right now in his press conference. He is on the TV talking. We're a little bit uh, behind here. We paused Tigers, so we're probably about an hour behind uh, on live from the Masters. But, yeah, he uh, second last year, a, a top – 10 in 2018 of course 2017 he came in as an overwhelming favorite and then um air quotes slipped on the stairs wednesday night and didn't end up getting to make the start that year but fourth and sixth the couple years before that so uh dj's got the form dj's got the course history uh so yeah in on that quick rundown top to bottom both of our lineups for me it's dj bubba watson tony finau louis tazen justin rose and Corey connors all right, I'm going with, well, we're going to have a lot of the same names here, so I might as well not waste my breath, but we'll go with Cantlay, Bubba, Adam Scott, Finau, Ian Poulter, and Corey Connors. All right, so now let's uh, hand out our one-and-done picks for the week. Of course, we've got our season-long website, which started back in Hawaii, and then you and I here just on the podcast started it up after the restart. I will give you mine first um, since since you're behind in the in the standings going into the last week here. Big Cane's on the line. Raising Cane's on the line, which is huge. Just huge, huge implications as to what happens. You, I, I, was gonna, I was going to ask you if you want to do it. I know I'm behind. I'm trying to chase here, so you might want to say no, but you want to end it this week or you want to end it next week at the RSM? Um, I don't care. Whatever you want. We can end it at the RSM if you want to. Is there an event after the RSM? Uh, there's not an event. It was supposed to be the Hero the next week. We can end it after the RSM. It'll just be a little less dramatic if we're picking Stuart Sink with the <laughs> with with the Canes on the line. Well, you know, like I said, I'm down here chasing, so you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to add as many events as I can. Hell, I, I think yeah, we, we should... can end it at the RSM. You're you're down by about 1.2 million, which I mean, very easily could be overlapped this week. Uh, although I think it actually might be tough because I'm almost certain that we have at least one overlap in golfers' pick. So let's do it at RSM because we're gonna have at least one golfer overlap this week. Let's do it. Let's do it. And our big one and done pool ends this week. So I don't know about you, but I need a one two finish and. I might cash. Yeah, but I need a one-two finish. So uh, let's do podcast first, and then we'll do the the website. So for the podcast one and done pool, I am not going to overthink it. I've got two big names left, and they're getting run out. Give me top five finisher last week, Brooks Kepka, who I have not used yet in our one and done. The other guy who we haven't talked about, I, I don't think, in any form or fashion. We didn't ask Woody about him. We didn't roster him in DraftKings. Kind of flying under the radar as one of the best players in the world who loves Augusta National. Give me Rory McIlroy, who I've still got available. Yeah, no doubt. And Kepka and Rory. That's not your two, is it? Is is that your two, Taylor? Did we overlap on both of our golfers? Do I need to pull out my phone and show you? Do I need to send, show you the confirmation email that I punched in last night? <laughs> 
What are you doing? I mean, you hate to see it. What are you doing? I told you I was going to give you mine first because I didn't want I didn't want you to think that I was copying your picks just to stay in the lead. But I can't help it if we both save the same what two players for Augusta oh National. God bless. Well, I so guess no matter what happens, you're down by one point two going to the RSM. It, it, you know, it's not. And the winner is going to cash like eight hundred grand at the RSM. Do you want yeah. Do you want to throw somebody different out there? I'll, I'll let you switch in the podcast pool since you're down one point two. If you want to throw somebody out different. I mean, I don't know who you'd run out, though. You've used all the guys at the top. This is a freaking dumpster fire. God You've used all the guys bless. at the top. You could use, like, have, Westwood. Have you I used Westwood? Bubba? Have you used Bubba? That's a good question. I, I used Bubba. You might not have used Bubba. You have not used Bubba. Switch Kepka and Bubba. Switch like, Kepka and Bubba? All right. I guess. We'll switch Kepka and Bubba. Switch Kepka and Bubba. I, I don't know. That's up. You know what's going you know to happen, don't you? Rory's going to miss the cut. Kepka's going to the tournament. <laughs> That's exactly that's what happens every time. I mean, it's I, I, I just can't league. believe that that you hacked all my stuff just to know who I picked. The overlap this week, you, you are a copying son of a buck. Let me tell you about it. So, so then you were using Kepka and Rory on the site as well. Then. Correct. Yeah, I'm not changing that. No, okay. I, so I mean, see, I already use Rory on the site. Okay. So on the site, I'm running out Bryson and Brooks. You saw Bryson left on the I saw site. Bryson left. How about that? You probably should have used him earlier because he's uh, been winning so much. Um, I disagree. What if he wins this week? What if him and Bryce? What if him and Brooks both win this week, and I just get a bundle <laughs> of cash? Can Tiger put on two green jackets at once? Uh, that'd be sweet. That that would be something that a COVID year would do, where we just we we just say screw it. We we don't have time for a playoff. Tropical storm comes in, too much rain. We're running out of daylight. You both get green jackets. Co champions. F it. It's a field goal. <laughs> Famous South Park. Little South Park reference I, I there. think if they do that too, I think that Tiger should retain his green jacket so we have three out at once. I think that's just the way I see it. I think that's a great idea. I think that's a great idea. You want uh, you want my best bets? Of course. I've already got my best bets punched in. So here's what we're doing for best bets. We're going to take, uh, we're not going to bet any of the, the mega favorites because odds aren't good enough in a field where so many guys could win. So, but we're not, also not going to bet any long shots because long shots very rarely win the Masters. Throw out your Charles Schwartzels, your Danny Willits. It's usually somebody that you kind of <laughs> know can, can contend. Um, Xander Schauffele at 16 to 1. I'm putting $10 on five guys this week. Xander Schauffele at 16 to 1. Brooks Kepka at 18 to 1. Patrick Cantlay at 25 to 1. Patrick Reed at 28 to 1. And Bubba Watson at 30 to 1. Those five are all like literally in order in the odds. I'm just betting those guys in order as far as what their odds are. By the way, I just looked and Bryson is down to six to one. Holy we recorded There's yesterday, so much money coming. We in. recorded yesterday afternoon and he was eight and a half to one. Boy, that's uh there's a lot of money coming in on him. That's what that shows. And it goes yeah. to show that people my, Chicks dig the long ball. I'm, I'm, I tell you what, if you still got Bryson on the side, you might have a chance. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's like it's hard to not think, think he's going to win. I don't have him picked anywhere. Throw pulls which is and everything out. Just pulls value. Throw it all out. Do you think Bryson's going to win? Well, you know, if I was extremely confident about it, I would have him somewhere. You would think, but because I, I actually don't think he's going to win. He he's don't. never finished better than twenty first at Augusta. He doesn't get to use his green reading book. He's coming in just off a U.S. Open win. He's gone back, experimented with all these different driver shafts. I think he's going to nuke the golf ball and hit it miles and miles and miles, but. I, he's just his iron game isn't near what some of the other guys out there are. His approach game, he'll be coming in from from closer, but um, I don't know. It's just second shot golf course. I, I don't know for whatever reason. 
I think he'll contend. I mean, I don't think Bryson's going to miss the cut. I don't think he's going to finish T42. I think Bryson will have a top 10 finish. I think it'll be very similar to what we saw at the PGA. He'll be in the hunt, he'll be around, and he won't end up slamming the door shut. It it seems like something he would do. if you if you pose the question, are you picking Bryson in the field? Obviously, I'd pick the field. Um, but if, yes. But if you pointed a gun to my head and said you have to pick one person to win, I don't think I would pick anyone besides Bryson. If you told me I had to pick one person to win, I think I would pick DJ. I, I, and you can't go wrong with that. You can't. But also, this is a guy who Bryson and DJ have been on tour for... DJ's been out there a lot longer than Bryson. They have the same amount of majors. Another thing I don't have to worry about is DJ withdrawing tomorrow afternoon because he got COVID. He's in his COVID kind of... But you do have to worry. You do have to worry about him. Air quotes slipping down the sex stairs. Oh, yeah, so. falling down the stairs would not be ideal. You know, the thing is, you get some of those slippery substances on the stairs, and they become a lot more slippery. That's just that's that's physics. It's math. It's science. Um, and actually, I, it's, I, I, it's I test have seen it firsthand, not with DJ, but with uh, myself. Let me ask you this: So I've got Kepkin, Rory. You've got Bubba and Rory. Uh, if any of those guys WD between now and Thursday morning, are we allowing a substitute? Uh, if it's me, yes. If it's you, no. Fair enough. We will text and communicate if any of those guys withdraw and figure out uh, somebody else to throw in there. Uh, I'm, this, I'm, if Bubba withdraws, I'll let you put Kepka back in. That would do me a lot of good. Do me a lot of good. So at this point, we're uh, we're uh, we're chasing the um, famous South Park episode. There's a game called Heroin Dragon, where you uh, you just play the game and you just chase the dragon the whole time and you never catch it. <laughs> so I, that's kind of what I feel like we're doing at this point. Yeah, that's what I feel. We're in a big picks pool where we pick football games, and that's what I feel like I'm doing in that pool. I feel like I'm just. Chasing. I've been in second place the whole year in that pool. Tyler and his dad have been in first. So I just feel like I'm chasing my tail. Uh, who you been singing to again? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And your, and, your and, dad. And, your dad. Oh my god. I, I'm about to throw my mic through your window. Oh, good stuff. I mean, anything else? Any parting thoughts on the Masters? Masters in November. I, I feel like we've got people ready. I, I know I'm. Re- I'm much more ready today. This afternoon, I've had live from the Masters on all day. I am much more geeked and into it this afternoon than I was when I woke up yesterday. Oh well, I think, like you said, every single minute that we get closer to Thursday, it's kind of just building up, building up. And I'm telling you what, I don't know if it was just, I don't know exactly what it was, but. This feels a lot, if it's just the Masters, whatever it may be, this feels a lot more like a major championship than the PGA or the U.S. Open did. For whatever whatever reason, there's not going to be patrons there. Um, It's going to be the same, you know, same, um, I mean, the other fields had had more people in them, but essentially going to be the same great players. But just something about it, Colby, I I think it's finally starting to hit that this is is Masters week. And even better yet is that we're going to have a Masters in November, and then right you know we're going to have one in April. So it's, um, uh, barring all things aside, barring world, you know, we're scheduled to have one in April. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I think they figured out how to do it without patrons if they need to. I, I don't see any any type of scenario where we don't have a Masters in April. But Thank basically, God. I don't think we see any type of COVID scenario where we don't have Masters in April because the tour and obviously Augusta National has now, you know, we're to the point, we can host golf tournaments without fans. We can host a Masters without patrons. So, you know, you notice we have fans at golf tournaments, but at the Masters, we have patrons. There's a there's a very clear difference, and and don't get them mistaken either, because uh, they they if you say fans at Augusta, I think you're not allowed back. Uh, yeah, I know you definitely. There is no rough at Augusta National. There's the first cut. There's the primary cut. There is no rough at Augusta National. Who wants rough on a golf course? It just sounds, it just it just sounds very muni. The rough sounds rough. Yeah, rough sounds rough. Yeah, that's why I don't hit it there. That's a good strategy. I hit it in the fairway or the water. That's. <laughs> 
This has been fun. November Masters. Um, yeah, we'll be back to recap it for you next week. I can't wait. Cannot I, I, wait. I just hope. I mean, obviously, it would be the most miracle thing would be if Tiger was able to defend. I don't think we Do see it. that happening. Do it. Let's just have a good, entertaining Masters like all of us golf fans, and it really everyone in the world deserves after this 2020 that we've had. Let's, let's, have let's five, just have a good tournament. With, when the last three to four groups are coming up to number 12 tee box on Sunday, let's have five or six guys in contention. That's what I want. Let's put it this way. You have him bet, and I have him on my DraftKings pool, but let's not have an Ian Poulter-Patrick Reed final group showdown. Yeah, out. Let's not out. do that. Yep. Anything besides that, and I, and we should be good. So. All right, good stuff. Head over to the73rdhole.com. Check it out. You can uh, go to the PGA event, look at the uh, the whole course. Go check it out, hole by hole. It's going to be fun. November Masters, everybody enjoy. We're back next week with more 73rd Hole.